Thank you, Ron, for that introduction. But I have to tell you that uh, last night, when he came up and told me that he was going to make the introduction, I begged him to let me edit his introduction. <laughs> now, he didn't let, us, let me do that, and you can tell that. So you folks know Ron, so you have to take that as a, with a grain of salt. But I appreciate what he had to say uh, for me. And I also want to thank uh, those of you, all of you, who have invited me to, as Ron said, come home. After 80 years, it's been a long time. But I'm, in gl I'm glad to be home. You know, I want to thank the committee in particular and also uh, Charles L. Moore because I know they were the ones who were most able to carry out that invitation and to have me come and be with you today. I've told several since I've been here that Asher River Baptist Church and I grew up together. And that is absolutely a fact. Both of us actually began our faith journey at Citadel Square Baptist Church. It was Citadel Square which sponsored Ashley River. And I made a profession of faith and was baptized by Dr. Pettigrew at Citadel Square Baptist Church shortly before this church was formed. So I am actually the older brother of the church, you see. I've been around 10 years longer. Not that I'm that wiser, but, uh, but uh, that's the, the point. Of it. I thought I'd talk with you a little bit about those days because uh, I wouldn't want those days to be forgotten. Uh, we began actually uh, meeting in private homes. And we had prayer meetings in private homes. And Citadel Square allowed us to have John White, who was on the staff at Citadel Square, to come and guide us through the process of becoming a church. And after we were organized, we called John to be our first pastor, and he accepted the call, and it was he who helped us to get started in those early years. And you know, in those days, Ashley River Baptist Church, for us, the members, was the focus of our lives. We spent a minimum of five hours every week at Ashley River Baptist Church. There was Sunday school, morning worship, training union, evening worship, and prayer meeting on Wednesday. And that's not to mention all of the other activities. We all had all the missionary organizations, Sunbeams and RAs and GAs and YWAs, and the ladies of the, in, in the missionary union and brotherhood. We had choir. We had various other activities. We had a revival twice a year. We had vacation Bible school, which lasted two weeks. I, I don't think folks can do that now. <laughs> but we did then. 
And we, so we, we were together always, you see. And we were even together at school. As, as Ron mentioned, we all attended St. Andrew's Parish School. All the grades from grade one through grade 12 were housed in that one building. There was a wing for the high school and a wing for the, for the uh, grammar school and an auditorium in the middle. And so while we were not together here, we were together there from the first grade on. So it was an experience of unity, of oneship, of close fellowship all those days. It was an experience that I've never forgotten and which meant so much to me. And as a matter of fact, it was those experiences which were brought to mind by this invitation and also led me to choose my sermon topic for today. But before I begin the sermon, I want to note, note to you that there is a clock here on the pulpit. <laughs> now, I, I'm wondering if, if it's been there all the time or if you put it up yesterday for me. Or maybe for Dr. Carney. And that reminds me of a little story. I was told that uh, a mother and a little boy were sitting about the third row in the church. And uh, when the preacher kept on and kept on, the boy got restless and he tugged at his mother's arm. And he said, Mama, what is that? Now, he was pointing to an American flag that was up front. And his mother said, well, you know what that is. It's the American flag. It's been there all the time. So the little boy settled down for a moment or two. Preacher kept preaching. The little boy tugged at his mama's arm, and he said, Mama, what is that? His mother said, well, you know what that is. It's the Christian flag. It's been there all the time. So he settled down again. Preacher kept preaching. And then he pointed to the front and he said, Mama, what is that? Now, what it was, it was a plaque which listed the names of the, those who had died in the service in World War II. And the little boy looked at his mother and said, what is that? And she said, well, that's a plaque commemorating the boys who died in the service. And the little boy said, was that the morning service or the evening service? <laughs> I hope we don't have that problem this morning. As the basis of our thoughts of the morning, I've chosen a passage from the Gospel of Mark. Mark 3, uh, I'm reading verses 31 through 35, if you have a Bible and would, could follow along, uh, turn to that passage and uh, uh, please follow along as I read. I'll give you a chance to, to find the, the passage in the Bible. There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent to him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brother without 
seek for thee? And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them which sat about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. May God add his blessing and our understanding to this reading from his word. It was time for the children's sermon in the morning worship service. And the children, six years of age and younger, uh, came to the front. And they gathered around the pastor who was seated on one of the steps leading up into the pulpit area. And when they had settled down enough to pay attention to him, which took a while, he reached into a brown paper bag and took out two objects. He held up one of those objects so that all could see, and he said, what do you think this is? One little boy said, well, that's a picture. And the pastor said, yes, Charlie, you're right, that's a picture. He said, it's a picture of my family, my wife and my two daughters and my son. He put the picture in the brown paper bag, held up the other object, and he said, what do you think this is? And the children said, well, it looks like a mirror. And he said, yes, it's a mirror. And so he held the mirror in front of each child's face. And then he said, what do you see in the mirror now? And as in one voice, everybody said, I see me. And the pastor said, yes, that's right. And then he held the mirror up in such a way that he could see the faces of all the children sitting there in the front, see it at one time in one picture. And he said, and this is my family too. And Charlie said, well, what do you mean by that? You just told us that the old family was in the picture. And the pastor said, well, Charlie, you're right. My family is in the picture. But you see, as followers of Jesus, we are all members of the family of God. And I think that's what Jesus was talking about that day when he spoke in a house to a crowded uh, people, a crowd of people. And his parents appeared, or his his mother and his brother appeared. And They had come, I think, because they'd heard what Jesus was saying throughout Galilee. He was preaching and teaching. And they had heard what Jesus was doing throughout Galilee. He was healing and working miracles. And somehow, they had become convinced that he'd taken leave of his senses. And they had thought that he was mentally unbalanced, and so they came to take him home. Now, when Jesus was told that his mother and brothers had come and were calling for him, his answer was, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he answered his own question, looking at the people gathered in front of him, he said, whosoever does the will of God, 
the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, I don't think Jesus was deprecating the family, the biological family. I'm sure he wasn't because he was always interested in strong families and family ties. But what he was saying, I think, was even though biological families are important, even though biological family ties are strong, spiritual family families are more important and spiritual family ties are even stronger. And then he proceeded, I'm sure, although it's not in the scripture to elaborate on that, which I would like to do a little now. Because it seems to me that in his words that day, Jesus wanted his hearers that day and you and me today to understand that true family is based on common experiences. Someone has said that we can become family when we can share with each other the question, do you remember? In other words, do you remember the things that we've gone through together? Do you remember the experience that we have shared together? And all of that is what brings us together as a family. Some years ago, my wife Babs and I were members of the staff of Boys and Girls Homes of North Carolina. It's a Christian children's home. While we were there, they celebrated the 40th anniversary. And of course, all of the former residents and the former trustees and the former staff and the former house mothers all were invited to come, and many of them came. And of course, we had many activities for them and many things to do. And one of the things that was provided was the staff had put pictures on the inside walls of the gymnasium. And I noticed that that was a favorite spot for gathering by the former residents. Many of them brought spouse or children, and they would walk along the walls and look at the pictures. And I was standing there in the gymnasium late in the afternoon, and I saw a man coming with two small children. And they were walking very slowly. They were intent on looking at those pictures. And suddenly the man said, there I am. And then he said, I remember exactly when and where that photograph was taken. The children then drew closer to the wall and looked more intently at the pictures. And the little boy said, Daddy, in that picture, you look very funny. His father nodded, and they all laughed. And then the little girl said, well, Daddy, who, who are those other f people in that picture? And his reply was, honey, those are my family. They are the only family I ever knew until you and your mother came along and came into my life. It was the shared experiences of having lived together at boys' and girls' homes with those others 
in all of the things they'd done together and known together and experienced together, which caused them to be, caused him to recognize them as family. And he was certainly correct. And that's true of the spiritual family of God as well. We've all shared common experiences, haven't we? We've shared the, the experience of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We've shared the experience of forgiveness of sins, the, the gift of new life, eternal, abundant, full, and, and many others. And those basic experiences have transformed our lives and produced other experiences simply resulting from those basic ones. And so you see it's in those shared experiences that we really become the family of God. And then too Jesus would have us to know and the hearers as well that true family is based on a common love for one another. Jesus talked about our, the need for our loving one another many times, as you know. On one occasion, he said that, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, it was uh, many years ago now that a man named John Fawcett, at the age of 26, and his new wife, Mary, gathered together uh, uh, all of their belongings and moved to Waynesgate, England to accept the pastorate of a small Baptist church there. Now that community was not, there were not many people there and there, there was certainly no wealth there, to, you know, but even in the midst of those meager circumstances, John and Mary ministered devotedly for seven years. And then one day, John received a call from an influential Baptist church in London, England. That church was Carter's Lane, the Baptist church. And of course, he agreed to think about it and pray about it, and they did, he and Mary. And after some time of prayer and seeking God's leadership and direction, they came to feel that God was calling them to make the change, to move to that church. And so they gave the response to the church and, uh, in, in, in London. And then when they gave the response to the church in uh, their own church, the congregation was just doomed, they felt. They were filled with sorrow and sadness and grief. And they were just so sad that they couldn't understand why the pastor was doing that. But he said he was convinced it was God's will. And so the time came for their departure. And they put together all of their meager belongings and put them in wagons. And then on that final day, they held a meeting in the church to say farewell to the congregation. Now, there wasn't a dry eye in the church. Everything was sadness and sorrow. 
And just as John was trying to explain why they felt the need to leave, Mary said, John, I can't leave. I don't know how to go. And her husband replied, well, I don't either. And so we will remain with our people. And they did remain. In fact, their ministry covered 54 years. But on the Sunday after this departure experience, John wrote a hymn, and they included it at the end of the Sunday morning service. Now, he entitled his hymn, Brotherly Love. But we know the hymn, actually, but not by that title. You recognize it. This is the way it goes. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we pour out ardent prayers. Our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. When we asunder part, it gives us inward pain, but we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. That's the kind of love which is the basis for the family of God, an enduring, continuing, deep love for one another. Jesus also wanted his hearers that day and you and me today to know that true family is based on obedience to God. That's exactly what he said, wasn't it, in the passage which we read when he answered the question of who is my mother and who is my brother. He said, whosoever shall do the will of God the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. So the spiritual family of God is united and becomes a family in its common obedience to our Heavenly Father. In spring of 1992, Babs and I and administrators from several other Southern Baptist colleges were invited to visit China. Now, the invitation came from the president of Yantai University. They wanted, to, wanted us to set up at Yantai University a master's degree level program for Chinese teachers of English. So it was to be a master's degree program in, in English. In the, in, the, in the language English. And so as a result of that, we spent a great deal of our time in Yantai and a great deal of our time at the university trying to develop what needed to be done and how to structure things and so forth. And so we were not able to get away too often, but the president of the university was kind enough to set some, give us some tours in the area of historic sites in China. And uh, 
We appreciated those, but we went to him one day and said, now, Sunday, we understand that there's a little Baptist church in Poong Lai, which is 50 miles away, and it, it was a church where Lottie Moon worked, a South Carolina Baptist missionary to China for many years, for whom our offering is named, of course. And we said, we, we'd like to go to that church on Sunday. And we understand that they meet on t at 10.30 on Sunday morning. So the president said, I'll set it up. And he did. And so we boarded the bus and we started to Pung Lai. When we got there, and we got there before 10.30, when we got there and started to leave the bus before we could step out, the tour director, a woman stood up and said, I am a communist, and I don't like Christians. And now get off the bus. We were not at the church. We were at Pung Lai Pavilion, which was a kind of amusement park. And she didn't want us to go to the church. She wanted us to be there. She required that we spend over two hours there. And then we got her back on the bus, and she said, oh, we have a special meal for you honored guests. It's one of the, in one of the best restaurants in China, and we're going there now. And if you have ever been to China or heard, their meals are often extensive, elaborate, and they don't hurry when they're eating. And so we spent another hour and a half with the meal, and finally, we got on the bus and they took us to the church. Now we were four hours late. We had told the congregation we'd be there before 10.30. And we were four hours late. And yet, every single member of that church was present when we got there. And they gave us a warm welcome. And the pastor, who fortunately could speak English, invited us into his little church building and he welcomed us extensively, and he told us a little bit about the church. And then he said, you see this piano up here? He said, we just received it two weeks ago from some Baptist friends in America. And my people would like to know if you Americans would sing some of the, hymn, sing some of the hymns of the church with them today. Of course, we agreed readily and eagerly. And so we joined hands, an American and a Chinese, an American and a Chinese, and we had enough people to go all the way around the inside of that little church. And the lady at the piano began to play, and we sang. What a friend we have in Jesus. And we sang, Trust and Obey. And we sang many of those wonderful Christian hymns which we have and possess. And it was a tremendous experience for us all, a tremendous experience of unity, of oneness, of fellowship. Of course, they sang in Chinese. We sang in English, but it didn't matter. We still had that feeling of oneness, of being together and being one because we were expressing our commitment to Jesus Christ and our obedience to our Lord. 
He was, Jesus was their Lord as well as ours. God was their Father as well as ours. And so in that experience, we understood what it means to be a child of God, a member of his family, because of our common commitment to Jesus and his heavenly Father. And so I suggest to you this morning that we have the privilege of being members of the family of God because we have that common experience which initiates our relationship with him. We have that common love one for the other. Not only other Christians here in Ashley River Baptist Church or in South Carolina or the U.S., but even Christians around the world, we love one another. And even Christians around the world as well as we here at Ashley River are committed to our obedience to God. And these are the things that make us truly family. May we pray? Most loving God, we bow before you now to give you thanks for being our Father and for calling us to be your children and to be members and thus to be members of your family. And now, our Father, we ask you to enable us by your grace and with your help to live our lives as your children in such a way that we might bring honor and glory to your name. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.